Welcome to Darnley Cyber Cafe, your podcast for cybersecurity, IT, technology, and business news. Now, introducing your host, Darnley Gresson Jr. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest podcast of Darnley Cyber Cafe. I'm your host, episode 33, Anonymous Declared War on Russia. Much like a creature of the night, Anonymous lays silently. Their power is equally known and unknown. Cyber conflicts are fought behind or beneath your fingertips. The hacker collective Anonymous has officially declared war on Russia. What does this mean? Let's talk about it. Since Russia's attack on Ukraine over seven plus seven days now, if I'm correct, Anonymous had laid siege to Russian to Russian websites with several cyber incidents, including a distributed denial of service attacks that brought down Russian government websites, uh, Russia Today, uh, which is their um, sort of their, their news, global news uh, agency arm, many sites for the Kremlin and the Ministry of Defense are still accessible today. It comes and, gone, it comes and goes, but for the most part, uh, it is it's still offline. With the digital fog of war, it is hard to technically attribute all these hacks to Anonymous. However, we know their capabilities for previous attacks, such as towards the uh, CIA, uh, the Church of Scientology, and the Islamic State. Cyber attacks from Russia to Ukraine has been there prior to this invasion. This cyber harassment has been going on for many years. Just last week, Ukraine got hit with a wiper attack dubbed the uh, Hemetric Wiper that prevented computers from rebooting. However, in this cyber dimension, this really has been a low key of the conflict so far. So... Will this make a difference? In terms of affecting Russian military tactics, that'll be very little. Most of the Russian military technology are, in a sense, analog to to an extent, meaning simple mechanisms that don't rely on computers or internet access. Now, uh, many other NATO partners that have more sophisticated technologies may laugh at this, but uh, I just want to mention that some of these, we're going to say more of these, I don't say archaic, but these analog systems actually could potentially work in their favor. Because the reason that, um, although I'm sure Russia did not do this with this in mind particularly, but this is a, an advantage in this digital age of technology being harder to to be accessible. So if you want to draw this in a map, a, a proverbial map, mind you, if you want to think about all the technology we have now that is accessible via the internet, how easy it is to hop from one device to the next, 
or to be able to take down a business or corporation or a government by accessing a Internet of Things device. So I've yet to see this, but just going to say this, a government being taken down by the thermostat. Now, that's kind of out of left field, mind you. However, this is a sort of military tactic that could work in Russia's favor is the fact that they do not have state-of-the-art technology. There's less things to break down, per se, less complicated things, mind you, and it's much easier to maintain uh, while on the battlefield. But when it comes to hacks and attacks, especially by hacking groups anonymous or various other uh, state-sponsored hackers all over the world, these sort of differences in their military technology comes at a... I'm going to say a premium. I do want to mention, though, is something I learned um, the other day about the the Russian attack on Ukraine. As a ham operator myself, I was shocked to read that the Russian army are communicating uh, through ham bands. Uh, they're not communicating with digital bands, but they are communicating through analog bands. And what that means basically is, in sort of to put it in layman's terms, is that they anyone can hear them. Now, generally speaking, on any ham bands, you can hear other ham radio operators. That's that's kind of the point. But when it comes to an army of all that, you know, us on the ham bands, okay, you know, we 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 chit chat, we you know talk about life, you know, harmless things. But when your military it is chatting on those bands that anyone can have accessibility to. Um, that kind of leaves you up to more vulnerabilities. And the Ukrainian army and Ukrainian civilians have actually taken advantage of this. Um, where civilian hams in Ukraine are listening to these reports, movements, uh, along, uh, they're listening to, sorry, they're listening to the, the Russian reports and movements along with jamming communications during battle. So again, to say like this is when the Russian army is attacking um, Ukrainian forces, uh, some military, uh, Ukrainian military or Ukrainian civilian uh, ham operators are jamming the Russian communications. So what's happening is that the different Russian positions, they're not able to communicate properly, so they will not be able to uh, launch a more coordinated attack. And, you know, take this back, you know, thousands of years during warfare where uh, armies used to use either smoke signals or used to use drums in some ways to communicate to the other the other regiments or the other uh, uh, battle groups so that they're able to essentially understand the next command so they can attack in unison. So so basically right now on the ground, Ukrainian ham operators are intercepting uh, communications from the Russians so that they'll be able to pinpoint uh, troop movements or um, supply requests or anything of that nature and the report back to the Ukrainian army to launch counterattacks. And, and this made me think perhaps this is sort of the reason why 
Um, the Russian army has been so slow at um, meeting their objectives because of the resistance through not just only the, the ham stuff, but through other means as well. But this could be one element that the Ukrainian army uses to protect themselves. Now, what what I what I like to say with that is um, basically to wrap that up is the Russian army will be okay when it comes to cyber attacks. Um, they will keep continuing to use the methods that they use now, um, which unfortunately can attribute to lots of loss of life on their end. But when it comes to cyber attacks against Russia itself, against its military assets. Um, there'll be little to no consequence. Really, the, the cyber disruptions are just going to be uh, a pain in their butt. And it may um, cut some communications or disrupt some communication. But the grand scheme of things, it's not going to be the end-all, be-all. Now, the the Ukrainian army also, or Ukrainian government, sorry, has also created a volunteer IT army. And it's been formed in late February um, by cybersecurity professionals, students, developers, designers, marketers, and copywriters. This this a volunteer IT army has about 175,000 people involved in this government-backed IT army. And they are attacking Russian websites, uh, infrastructure businesses, etc. Now, this all seems to be fine and dandy, but will these Ukrainian cyber efforts in tandem with their military defense be enough to deter an enemy with greater fire and cyber power? Will assistance from NATO and other businesses such as Starlink continue to help Ukraine from falling into enemy hands? And a quick note about Starlink is that the Ukrainian government actually asked Elon Musk over Twitter to see if they could send more um, Starlink satellite dishes to Ukraine because their infrastructure is getting bombarded now. So they want to be able to keep up the internet infrastructure. And within 10 hours, uh, Elon Musk replied. And now there is already Starlink equipment in mass in Ukraine to be able to provide the civilians and, and, the, and the government the necessary equipment to be able to still communicate uh, on the internet. So kudos to you, Elon. So this is an event that is taking a great toll on the lives of their civilians and a war fought in real life and in the digital landscapes. Only time will tell how successful these cyber warriors will be. And like I've said in numerous other podcasts that I've done is that a lot of the cyber war happens beneath our fingertips. But what really complicates things, what changes the game, so to speak, is when cyber war is being fought simultaneously in the digital landscape and in the real world. Now, this is not ideal, but now it's happening today on our planet. Now, my many years working in cybersecurity, if a computer dies, hard drive gets wiped, you know what? Honestly, it causes a huge inconvenience, but if you've done everything correctly, you can restore it. What you cannot restore is human suffering. You cannot restore 
human lives. And with war, in any of its formats, is unnecessary and it is not the future for humanity. We may have our disagreements in cyberspace. We may have disagreements in the real world. And we'll launch attacks. But at the end of the day, when a human life gets extinguished for any pretext, no matter what the differences are, it is unnecessary, it's uncalled for, and it's wrong. No matter which way you look at it. Even in our own respective countries, uh, murders and deaths happen, unfortunately, daily. And these actions should also be deterred. So as I wrap up this podcast, I just want to make a final call to my listeners listening to this podcast. No matter your skill set, it's always ideal to make a difference in your life. Make a difference in those lives around you. No matter how, no matter how small you may feel in the grander universe, you must look at yourself, the ones you love, and take that into consideration next time you have a uh, preconceived notion about someone or something. It takes two sides to every story and disagreements to be discussed, but war and hate is never the answer. We have evolved as a species over thousands of years, and those evolutions some people will question, and some of the things I've seen this day and age I question myself too. But at the end of the day, when eyes are looking at countries such as Ukraine uh, and various other countries all over the world where there is human suffering and injustice, even in the hands of their governments, that we must take appreciation for the, the freedoms that we have, being able to sit down and listen to a plethora of various podcasts and newscasts that are out there from various other individuals and organizations. But it's when those news organizations become, they start to manipulate people. They start to change a narrative. That is when things are going to go sideways. And as a Canadian speaking, I can tell you that I've personally seen things from my government that makes me question some things that relate to our our freedoms as a global scape, landscape. But if anything I've learned and anything I've seen since this Ukraine conflict is that we can put our differences aside and join forces against evil, against tyranny, and start to realize some of the best things that we have. And once those things are threatened by uh, existential force is when we bond together we put our differences aside and we do the right thing. Thank you for stopping by Darnley Cyber Cafe with your host, Darnley Gresson Jr. We hope you enjoyed your stay. Next time you swing by the cafe, bring a friend and share the show with them. That's all for this episode, folks. We will see you next time.